Assalamualaikum and welcome to a very special edition of Slum Sports. Um, in conjunction with Football in Five Minutes in E, I'm joined uh, by a very special guest today, uh, Bidang Anguli. Bidang, hi. Hello, Imtiaz. Uh, I called you Image there. Well, I've always called you Image as well. Image, Imtiaz, hello. It's a pleasure to be doing this uh, with you. I think it's going to bring some much re- needed relief for everybody and hopefully people will enjoy what we... Uh, what we've decided to put on. Absolutely, yeah. So given the current state of play with, with coronavirus and the fact that all sports are off, slum sports is off, literally, I mean, everything's on reruns, isn't it? Um, and that's all that people are talking about. So like you say, uh, a little bit of respite from the, the coronavirus talk. Um, and let's talk sports, specifically football, and even more specifically, what are we, what are we doing today, Pidan? Okay, so... As you'll notice, on particularly on Sky Sports and on the BBC, a lot of the sports outlets are, due to the fact that there's no sport going on at the moment, they're looking into the archives or having discussions about, you know, greatest Premier League eleven ever, greatest teams for, best games you know, uh, that, yeah. yeah, best games, all that kind of stuff. So what we wanted to do is kind of do a little bit of Chris at the end, didn't he, where <laughs> we kind of flip the more traditional... Uh, questions that are being asked so obviously image is a big liverpool fan i'm a big manchester united fan now if you were to ask me my greatest manchester united 11 i think i'd be able to 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 reel it off pretty quickly and pretty easily as i'm sure image could do for liverpool but we've decided to put a little bit of a twist on this where i have got to name my greatest premier league liverpool 11 and Imtiaz has to name his greatest ever Manchester United eleven. You know, so, this is going to be so yeah. difficult for me because I'm going, to, I'm going to be raving about players that I've been dissing non-stop. Yes, me, me too, me too. I mean, like, um, there, there might be some controversial uh, omissions in my team simply because I don't like the individual I, involved. Well, I know you're not picking Stephen Gerrard. I know you're not. Well, like, look, who knows? I'll preempt who that. Knows? Who knows? Okay. Let's just get on with the. Uh, let's get on with it. So, I- image as you were saying before. Yes. Yeah, so we I think the recording. Format... Sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to say. So the format is let's let's start with let's start with you and the Liverpool goalkeeper, and then we'll alternate. Yeah. So then I'll go Manchester United yes. goalkeeper, and we'll keep a track of the team as we go down. Uh, and in the end, we'll we'll finish off with a, an eleven each. Um, before we do that, though, um, any particular formations? Are we going four three three, four four two, or whatever? So, I, I would propose just purely due to um, you know, uh, United's greatest ever team and Liverpool's greatest ever team in the Premier League era that for United we go four four two, and for Liverpool we go four three three. Fair play. Yeah. Okay. Good. So um, let's kick it off then. Your greatest okay. ever Premier League Liverpool goalkeeper. Okay, so there, you know, for, for, from the short list, um, obviously people, goalies to have played in the Premier League for Liverpool include um, Grobbelar, who's not getting in, and people like <laughs> Sander Westerfeld won a lot of trophies for Liverpool. Pepe Reina, um, of I course, Jersey Dudek. Jersey Dudek was famously in net for the uh, the game in Istanbul, which strictly isn't well, not strictly, it isn't Premier League, but still a very um, memorable goalkeeper. Yeah. That, if not for what he did against Diego Forlan, um, and you know, so does uh, a lot of uh, goalkeepers. Well, I say a lot. I didn't say a lot of good goalkeepers. I said a lot of goalkeepers there. Yes. Um, and I've decided to go for Alison Becker. Uh, the reason for this being is that I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw Alison Becker's saves compilation before he joined Liverpool, I was like, yeah. who is this guy? Like, he, he's be- This is just the least impressive goalkeeper uh, compilation I've ever seen. Right. Sure. And when he started to join, when he joined you and you start to watch him play, you just see why he is such an amazing goalkeeper. He's similar uh, to Edwin van der Sar in that you never see him fully stretched out saving uh, shots. It's always, he just falls on top of them. He just gobbles them up. He's just always in the right place at the right time. A great example was a Champions League final where Kane was just having shots at him and uh, from every angle and, and he was just so comfortable in just pushing them away because his positioning and anticipation is so great and I think that and even in the that, and even in the Champions League 
quarterfinal last season. Do you remember when Roma had that chance literally at the death? And and initially we were like, well, he's just kicked it straight at him. But that was again, Napoli in the group stages, yeah. I was, exactly, yeah. was, was going to mention that. I was going to mention that because Alisson, he knew when to come out. He knew how to spread himself. And although it was hit straight at him, you know, there could be other goalkeepers who would not be able to anticipate the way that he did and the ball could go past them. So uh, I definitely think, and, and also his distribution, Liverpool do play out from the back with Alisson. And um, so I, I think that uh, he gets it by quite a long way, to be honest with you. I, I never rated Pepe Reina, to be honest with you. I always thought he had a rick in him. And uh, I think he ended up getting rid of him in the end. Uh, so well, I do Pepe think Reina's that Alisson... Distribution, his distribution was phenomenal, Reina's. Yeah, he, actually, he was... I do remember. He, yeah. he, that the way he used to volley a ball out from um, from uh, what you call it, from his hands, and also yeah. I think that four one victory at Old Trafford that you had, I think a couple of the goals he actually set up or you know did a lot to set up. So uh, mm. I think that he's he's got good distribution. So yeah, for me, goalkeeper Allison, I think so no clear. complaints from me there. No complaints from me okay. whatsoever. I think uh, you're right. That's been a problem position for Liverpool over the years. Uh, we've had some calamities in there, um, and he's he's a safe pair of hands. Um, with Manchester United, is it even worth? Is it even worth? I mean, you mentioned Edwin Van der Sar, and he, he briefly crossed my mind, but I think you'd have to be ridiculous. You'd have to be stupid. You'd have to not know football to to not rate Peter Schmeichel as one of the greatest, yeah. the greatest goalkeeper ever to have played in the Premier. The best keeper yeah. that I've ever seen. Um, honestly, I think he's he's he was probably worth. 10 to 15 points a season for you guys. And that's saying a lot for a goalkeeper. And uh, a lot of the league titles that you guys won and a lot of the domination that you had was definitely off the... I mean, a mistake by Schmeichel was was so rare that when it would happen, you know, as Liverpool fans would be rejoicing for weeks. Um, the way he used to spread himself, the way he was brave, um, him coming out and closing the ball, he was probably the quickest yeah. off the mark that, that, I've, that I've ever seen. And... Um, yeah, I, I don't think you get any dispute from anyone that Peter Schmeichel's probably the, well, almost definitely the best goalkeeper that. And United have been blessed with some decent keepers, to be fair. Yes. Um, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he pulled off one of the best saves I've ever seen. Two amazing saves. Uh, one uh, was against Rapid Vienna that uh, was similar to the Gordon Banks. Gordon Banks, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, he did for... a back save, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then there was one from... I think it was Don Hutchison shot where basically Don uh, against Liverpool at the cop end, Don Hutchison literally turned on a sixpence and just smashed it and Schmeichel got yep. a hand to it and uh, palmed it away. But but you're right in that United have been blessed with a few decent keepers. Obviously, Va- Van der Sar for me is w- would get a second and I think De Gea the third. I would have said potentially... Actually, no, I wouldn't. I was going to say I would have said potentially De Gea would have been ahead of Van der Sar had it not been for his form in recent seasons. But I, I would, I think for me, De Gea's got limitations uh, that will always be there and have always been there. Whereas Van der Sar and Schmeichel were, you know, were the number one and two for me. And you know, it's interesting. Van Van der Sar has not really been given a lot of credit by opposition fans, and we've not rated him too highly. Such a fantastic keeper, Schmeichel. You know, Bart, the likes of Bartes as well. But you see now, De Gea is like sensational, but even now you'd prefer Van der Sar, wouldn't you? Of, of course, yeah, because I think that um, one thing that Van, uh, De Gea has never been able to do is just like command his area, come out, clean a ball out uh, by jumping over a load of people and just fist, uh, fisting it away. I think that, you know, he fails to command his areas. Like I was talking to you the other day against Everton, there were yeah. so many balls that were just dropping on Maguire's head in the middle of the six-yard box that Van der Sar and Schmeichel, like Van der Sar, probably would just collect, would just calmly come out and okay. collect yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Schmeichel would, yeah, Schmeichel would just just bowl through everyone and and, and punch it away. So, but yeah, I, I think Schmeichel is a better goalkeeper than than Van der Sar, and uh, I yeah, I think he is the best to definitely, well, definitely hundred percent have played for United in the Premier League. So yeah, I okay. agree. All right, um, let's crack on. Um, right back. Okay, Liverpool. so for so for Liverpool, obviously you've got a very good right back in the minute in, in Trent, and um, but I've gone for someone left of field, and the reason I've gone for this is because when the all-time Premier League teams were being announced, uh, I think around about the twenty 
it was the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary of the Premier League. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was 25th uh, last year, 2018. Um, this, uh, or 2017 actually, uh, this name was banded about by a lot of Liverpool supporting journalists okay. uh, to be, this player was better than Gary Neville. And somebody got so much abuse that other another journalist had to come to her rescue and write a piece as to why she was right to put this particular right back ahead of Gary Neville in the all-time team. And that right back is called Rob Jones. You know, Rob Jones I, I've is... just done it for the banter. Yeah, you haven't done it for the banter. Rob Jones is a quality player. Are, are you serious? So You've done I've... it for the banter? Well, we'll put it this way. I saw a stat the other day um, about um, this season the fullbacks that have been taken on and beaten the most, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Trent Alexander-Arnold was third from bottom. So he, he has been beat. Only two other uh, fullbacks have been beaten more than he has. Right. So there is a counter uh, argument there in that he's an attacking fullback. So the chances are he's going to be out of position. Of yeah, he, so as a defender, he's an attacking <laughs> defender. And Fabinho is a <laughs> defending attacker. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so go on. But were you, gonna, you would make a point about Rob Jones though. Yeah, Rob Jones, I, I would just say that, look, you know, he was very good uh, when he, he he actually joined Liverpool outside of the Premier League era. And everyone was talking about him as a as a potential, uh, you know, fixture in the England team for the next decade or so. Obviously, he got injured a lot and wasn't able to fulfil his potential. And at the same time, sort of three years later, Gary Neville made his debut for United and then sort of just you know, Mr. Consistent Gary Neville. Mm. So he just rose up, up and up. And, uh, unfortunately, and, you know, and many sort of Liverpool fans do, uh, uh, you know, mention it to Gary Neville on Twitter, but also in the sort of, um, articles that are, uh, put cool. out about who's the greatest ever right back in the Premier League. They do mention Rob Jones. So I'm going to put in Rob Jones ahead of, um, Trent Alexander Arnold. I think they're probably the top two. I and, mean, and I know also, that. And also ahead of Jason you know, McAteer. People like McAteer, I know Kyron <laughs> played at right back. So that was that was uh, just for that's for Bance for sure. Uh, um, I know, and there was that. There was the who was the guy that played at right back for Liverpool um, under Rafa. He was a he was the Spanish guy, wasn't he? No, no, I can't remember his uh, name. Fab uh, was it or it wasn't Aurelio. I think he was a left back. No, but um, and he went I can't to remember the guy's name. He went to Real, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. I think I so, yeah. I'll look it up. But but yeah, so anyway, but anyway, um the two that immediately came to mind were Rob Jones and Trent Alexander on and I've gone for Rob Jones. Fair play. Okay. Well, um you've you've you know, you've highlighted the um the fact that Gary Neville dominated that position for years and years for Manchester United and for England. Um and to be honest, he is in my shortlist. But as much as it pains me to say uh, I think I think AWB is better. Um, and, wow! And, okay, and I'm, and I'm struggling to to not put Aaron Basaka in. Um, the only thing that's stopping me from putting him in is the fact that he's, you know, he's only just signed for you guys. He's only just started playing for you guys, and and his skills and his strength and his his attributes are really coming out over the last you know couple of months. Um, he was brilliant at Palace. Uh, he was one of those standout players. I had him in a fantasy team actually at Palace because I thought he got forward really well and he put really good balls in the box. And and he was you know he was one of the star men every time they 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 kept a clean sheet or they defended really well. So um, so I'm tempted to put him in, but uh, yeah, I'd, it'd, be, it'd become a joke team if I didn't put Gary Neville in. I've, I think I've got to put Gary Neville in, um, but also but also because um, because of Gary Neville's uh, Recent uh, political statements and the fact that he's 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 turning out to be quite a socialist. I do quite like him, and uh, he's um, yeah. Uh, no, but I think I think Gary Neville as a footballer, he he never gave you a, a ten out of ten performance, but he never gave you a seven or a six. He was always on yeah. an eight. Um, hardly ever got exposed. He knew his job. He knew it really really well, and it was only when he had the confidence of the people playing in CDM did he venture forward and go on the overlap. And it's not like he didn't. He did go on the overlap and he did put balls into the box. Yeah. And he's, he's got his fair share of assists. I mean, it, yeah, he, he's got his fair share of assists. I always remember he um, set up Shearer's opener in uh, Euro yes. yep. 96 against uh, Scotland. And 
he did used to overlap. And they always used to say that the second best crosser at the club when Beckham was there yeah. was actually Gary Neville. And uh, and yeah, but you say that, you know, he's, um, I suppose one thing, uh, I, I know I didn't pick Alexander-Arnold, but the thing you can say about Alexander-Arnold is that he can run a game from right back. If like we, we saw against Leicester, uh, this year that you know that's what he's capable of doing with his passing range but obviously um, you know I, Gary Neville is, is a much better defender did, did, you know, did Neville, I mean, Neville defender. was your captain wasn't he in the, in the last couple of seasons he played yeah he, he had a lot of injury problems in the last couple of seasons uh, I think he was the club captain yeah okay. uh, but on the field uh, I think you know it used to get passed around. Like Vidic used to wear the armband a lot sure. because Neville was was injured a lot. But um, but yeah, he's a you know a captain as as, as well. Right, so my number two is Gary so, Neville. Great. So any other notable mentions on the position? Do you reckon for United? Yeah. Um, well, not really. I don't think anyone was in the Gary Neville's class. Wes Brown uh, played a lot when we won uh, the three in a row uh, Premier League yep. between uh, 07 and 09. Wes Brown was a talent um, unfulfilled, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he also got a lot of injuries and he's a bit of a rash decision maker as well. And uh, I don't think, you know, Raphael was all right on his day, but very rash again. I always remember he, he did cost us uh, a game against Bayern Munich uh, once through getting sent off uh, for no reason. Uh, and then, yeah, then it kind of, you move into the modern era and it's just like, not really, uh, the, 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 yeah. you know, the, the, uh, there's not really, you know, Valencia is a good, don't get me wrong, yeah. he's good. Yeah, yeah. He was good, but, I'm, you I'm know, not actually not in Gary Neville's, yeah, yeah I mean, like, the, well, you know, the, they, they all had their, plus points and, and all, whatever, but not, um, but no one was in the, uh, the league of Gary Neville. Sure. Okay, uh, let's go left back. Okay, so um, I have gone for Andy Robertson. Wow. So it was a toss-up bet- between Andy Robertson and John Onorisa. Um, I think John Onorisa, like I always remember his Thunderbolt against United. Uh, you know, which was um, you know, which was one of the best free kicks I've ever seen, the way that he absolutely smashed it and uh, he was good at going forward. But I just think with Robertson, he's just Robertson's just got more quality. Robertson's a good defender and he might be a better defender than Onorisa, I think. But I think Robertson also has that quality going forward as well. And I actually think that although he doesn't get the assist that Trent does, I think he's just as good as as, as Trent moving forward and kind of move forward in a more thoughtful way, in a, in a different way. Um, but um, so yeah, it was between those two, um, and that, yeah, I would go for I, I would go for Robertson uh, to be honest with Again, you. I mean, uh, place for me, I think that's 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 fair. Robertson definitely looks like the best left back we've ever had. Um, certainly, I can't remember anybody being more effective. And the thing is, he can run for days, can't he? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's never going to get. He's, he's hardly ever going to get beat for pace, and and yeah, he's a he's a very honest player. And he's got a lot of quality, like you say, going forward. Um, Manchester United, left back. Um, I don't know. It was a bit of a tricky one, to be honest. Uh, I mean, we, we were talking offline when we earlier and you mentioned Patrice Evra. And I do like Evra. I really do. Um, I think he was a, a very, very good player. And he was, uh, you know, a long-term servant to the club as well. And, you know, very successful on the international stage as well. Um so difficult to look yep. past him, but I really, really, I remember when I was growing up, I used to watch um, Dennis Irwin playing left back. Yeah. And and I used to just think this guy was phenomenal. Like he used to, he used to take your penalties, he used to take your free kicks, dead ball specialist. Yeah. Um, proper, hard as nails. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't one of those guys who would shirk a challenge. There was, and especially back in the, in the nineties, you know, the game was a little bit rougher than it is now. Um, and he used to get stuck in, and um, it was yeah, it was he was always a very very tough opponent. Um, so I, I mean, to be honest, I remember his goals more than anything, and he's hit some from distance. He's he scored some wonder goals, and he's hit some quality free kicks as well. Um, and I've always yeah, I've always rated yeah. him as a as a top class left back. So I'm gonna go for it's a tough one, isn't it? But I'm gonna go for Dennis Irwin. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I, I think you're right to do that. I think that um, when they were doing the whole, so when Liverpool was were on for the treble this year, they were doing the comparisons between 
who's better, Liverpool or Man United, you know, Liverpool, yep. uh, the 1920 or United, 98-99. Uh, this is before you got eliminated from the FA Cup in Champions League. And uh, they said... Um, uh, <laughs> A lot of uh, like a lot of people were putting Dennis Ermin in there ahead of uh, Andy Robertson, and I think that's just a testament to how rated he was. And Jamie Carragher spoke a lot about um, uh, Dennis Ermin and how he was rated. And Roy Keane was like, "Yeah, like you know, it was kind of the, the when they had their discussion on Monday Night Football, it was like the one player who they both like unanimously agreed on and then just moved on." Um, and I think uh, yeah, lots of like Neville Keane. And the character all all really rated Dennis Evan, and uh, you know I think he's fantastic. Like you say, could score a free kick. Never got ever, never really got taken to the cleaners yep. by anybody. Consistent, two footed. So yeah, I agree. Awesome. Now with the centre backs, should we do two in a row? Yeah. Should we do both centre backs? Yeah, go on then. That kind of makes sense, doesn't Fair it? Enough. So go on then. Give me your number four yep. and number five for Liverpool. I went for number six and number five because for me, number four is a holding midfielder. Okay, but, it, yeah. um, oh, well. <laughs> so I've gone for... So there's a mixture of things there. So I've gone for Virgil van Dijk, which um, I don't think would come as a surprise no, for you. And then... This is going to be the interesting one. Sammy, Sammy Hippier has been... Finally, I edged him out for Jamie Carragher. Wow! So... I've gone for Virgil van Dijk and Jamie Carragher. Why? Why not um, Hippier? So, so the thing is, is that like, so I just wanted to to, to bring a, a, your attention to something. Sure. Is that Carragher never gets the credit for Istanbul that he deserves, right? I know, and I know it's not Premier League. It's not a Premier League game, mm. but I thought Carragher was just so. You, you know, Hippie was good, don't get me wrong. And I think that Hippie is probably might have a bit more talent than, than Carragher, particularly in terms of bringing the ball yes. out. But I just thought that, you know, Carragher, for what he meant to Liverpool, what he meant to, like, you know, local lad coming through the ranks, but also, uh, you know, he was a captain in terms of, you know, he he was a leader. He was a legend. You know, on and off the pitch. Le- you know, legend. <laughs> so I think that... And he, he was good. He was, you know... He's just probably a bit unfortunate that he came along at a time where the people vowing, uh, vying for the centre-half places for, for um, England were Sol Campbell, John Terry and Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. Uh, I think that, um, you know, he is, you know, like I said, put his body on the line, <laughs> put it, you know, was, was, was just always... Um, you know, willing to, uh, you know, it meant a lot for him to wear that shirt. And look, and he was a good defender. Bottom line is, is that he's a good defender, able to sniff out danger. Didn't have to, you know, because he wasn't the paciest, he always used to have to sort of compensate The only thing that. I'd say about Carragher is, and I mean, I love him to bits. I think he's he's definitely he's definitely in the top three or four centre-backs we've ever had. But he got taken to the cleaners twice by Thierry Henry. Um, and he got, you know, he's been turned inside out a number of times. Like sometimes he's a bit flat-footed, and if he comes up against pace or, or skill, he struggles. If he comes up against like, you know, your old-fashioned centre forwards, he can do. It. He can use his physicality. But I just felt like he was he was probably missing one or two tricks. Whereas um, someone like Hippier would protect himself a little bit more, a little bit like what people say about BVD in right. that BVD protects himself a little bit more from being exposed. You know, stands off a little bit. And yeah, you may concede a few goals, but you never actually. You know, you never actually um, uh, humiliated. Um, I think I think Henri did really. I mean, he terrorised him, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, there's that goal. I think it was in it was either o three or o four. It's definitely the Arsenal invincible season where he ran at, uh, at Carragher and you know absolutely did him. Went past him and then slid the ball past the goalkeeper. I think, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I I can see I can see why, but I I did I I just thought Carragher shaded it over over Hippie just purely for the personality really as well as the ability. I mean, like Carragher was by no means like rubbish, mm. uh, but it was tough between to choose between those two, and I went for Carragher. Obviously, uh, Virgil Van Dijk. Everybody knows he's 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 one of the greatest centre halves to have ever played in the Premier League, and he's just so assured and. Great distribution, strong, yeah, pacey. No uh, you know, he, he he made an absolute. He changed Liverpool from 
you know, everyone laughed when he was signed to 75 million, but he's proven to be worth every penny. Him and Alisson have turned them from also ran from fourth place to being, you know, clear Premier League, um, clear at the top. So, um, so okay. yeah, I don't need to go on too much about cool. Virgil van Dijk. Okay, well, my, my centre-back right. pairing for um, Manchester United, again, I think it's an obvious one. I think it's, um, uh, I don't, I don't recall you guys having um, a more intimidating centre-back partnership than uh, Rio and Vidic. And you've had some good yep. centre-backs. I mean, when I first started watching football way back when, you had the likes of Steve Bruce and, and Gary Pallister. And um, and they and they yep. were good. They were really good. Um, but I think Rio's signing, um, I think Rio was one of the first centre-backs that I remember could play football. And people were just like, why is yeah. why is Sir Alex focused on spending so much money on a on a centre back who wants to play football? Surely you want a defender. And he changed the way the game was played. And I think yeah. um a little bit like a little bit like Terry and Carvalho, in that Carvalho was a genuine ball player, wasn't he? He was a proper footballer and Terry was your was your rock. And yeah. and I think with with Rio and Vidic, you had that. Um and and I have to I have to say that Fernando Torres did terrorise them. And with the exception of that yeah, player, I mean, look, uh, and and he did, it's not like he did it once; he did it two or three times. And I want to just get this in there because, you know, for me, that partnership is probably the best that I've seen in in the Premier League. And that, or or like I say, the Terry Carvalho one. Um, but uh, with the exception of Fernando Torres, I think Vidic and Rio were just they were just yeah they they, they give you yeah. I mean, so so to de- to defend Vidic a bit. The, he he had some absolute nightmares against Fernando Torres, but there were a few games like for Chelsea and for Liverpool where he, he kept Torres quiet. But as a defender, you've got to not have any nightmares, basically. And I was watching a program, uh, Stephen Gerrard and Gary, uh, being interviewed by Gary Neville, and they said, and I agree with this one hundred percent, that isolate Vidic. That's where right. you got him. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think that Rio did like when re, him and when you went at him and Rio, it was impossible to go uh, yeah. to get through them. But isolate Vidic, and he can be rash. And he used to get sent off against yeah. Liverpool all the time. I can remember at least three occasions. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I think that Rio and Vidic, yeah, definitely are. What I mean, like I, you know, I and I can't see like Maguire's Maguire's good. Good. He's, not, yeah, he's not in that class. No. I think that um, you know Pallister and Bruce. They were formidable, um, weren't they? They were. Uh, they were oh, formidable. We're, yeah, we're a great partnership, and I think that um, you know, uh, but uh, you know, Rio and, and Vid- like Rio for me is the best defender I've seen play for United, um, and Vidic was a different kind of defender. Obviously, Vidic used to do the dirty work. Rio used to bring the ball out yeah. from the back. Used to sweep up. Uh, it was a very good partnership. They complement. Any other notable mentions? You reckon? Very well. Not really, to be honest with you, because again, we, we've had nightmares ever since uh, Rio and Vidic yeah. have left. Like you know, people like Phil Jones and Chris Smalling and Marcus Rojo and all those types of things that they're just not in. They've just not been in the yeah. same class. If yeah. you get what I mean. And uh, Maguire's been a great signing for us, and he, he's definitely improved us. But he's not in that class of previous years. And neither is Victor Lindelof. Um, you know, so uh, I, I think that nobody is in that particular that, that class. I mean, the only person who comes anywhere near Rio and Vidic is Yap Stam. Um, so potentially, if you'd have said Rio yeah. and Stam, I'd have gone fair enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's really weird. Like when Liverpool fans try and compare, like they always have the debate who's better, VVD or Vidic, as if Vidic is our best ever defender. Without doubt, that's not true. He's not. I think it's either Rio is clearly better than Vidic, and it's a it's a toss up whether Vidic is better than Stam yeah. or not. I mean, so I, I, I think I'm, I yeah. personally, it's, I don't yeah, know. it's a difficult one. Stam, to be honest with you, Stam, you, now that you mention it, yeah, he was he was he was incredible as well. But but Rio, I just remember that partnership, and and that's why I wanted to be the centre backs together because yeah. you kind of want that partnership, don't you? And, and, yeah. I think the partnership, yeah. I mean, like, look, obviously, unfortunately for VVD, he he does the he is the partner. He does the work of two defenders. Well, Gomez because, is coming. Gomez you know, is coming. You know, and well, Gomez, Gomez is all right. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but he's injured a lot, and I think that um, you know, um, Lovren. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to cut amazing. you off there because um, we're just reaching the the halfway point. Um, let's resume 
after a short break and yeah. we'll pick it up again. Thanks. Right, okay. that's 40 minutes. Um, so that's half an hour. I know, so we can just get through the, the next. Yeah, that's All good. Right, so, yeah, let's, good. so let's get up to, so that's to 40 minutes. Uh, let's get to 41 yeah. um, and then we'll kick off again. We'll do a very quick intro, okay, and then we'll great. just speed, so, we'll speed through it a little bit quicker because yeah. this is going to look. This is looking like an hour and a half show. No wonder Neville and yeah. uh, Carragher take so long talking about like one team Greystone. They can fill like two hours, can't they? Quite easily. Yeah. Yeah, they can. But and don't forget, like I could, obviously, I can always edit it. I can always edit, take out some of the fat if if required. But you know, I think that let's just try and keep it organic yeah. and just see. What it ends up, what it ends up being at lengthwise, and um, okay. and then yeah, at half. Uh, also, Boris is coming on at half eleven. Okay, sorry, oh, half, so eight, half three. three, um, yeah, three, uh, three okay, so five. Yeah, gone. Hi, welcome back. This is Imtiaz Ali on Salam Sports, and I'm talking to my good friend Bidan from Football in Five Minutes, Ini, um, and we're talking about uh, huh. uh, top eleven from our opposition team. So I'm a big Liverpool fan, as you know. Um, Bidzi, you're a massive United fan. And you're halfway through, almost halfway through, telling me your greatest ever 11 to grace the Premier League for Liverpool. So, so far, I've got you down as Alisson in goal, yep. Rob Jones right back, Robertson yep. left back, VVD and Jamie Carragher as a centre-back partnership. Um, yes. So, you're going to go for a three yep. midfield, is that right? I am. I am. So, I'm going to have two, uh, one holding midfielder and then two, um, uh, two sort of more ball-playing the play oh, so you go for the single pivot rather than the double pivot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So it's not going to be like a, you know, a four-two-three-one sure. or like, you know whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that it will just be you know four-three-three. Okay, so my pivot. So obviously, look, Liverpool are clear at the minute there, and, and I'm kind of going to contradict myself okay. here from everything I said as to why I picked uh, Carragher over mm. Hippier. Um, so, there's two players that came to mind here. Liverpool are obviously cleared by 25 points at the minute in the Premier League and are European champions. And the man that has led them, captained them to both, is Jordan yes. Henderson. Now, it was between him and Javier Mascherano wow. uh, as, as a holding midfielder. And to contradict every reasoning I used to put in Carragher over Hippia, I've gone for Mascherano just because I think the golfing class between the two as footballers is too big. And I think that um, Carragher and Hippie, it was closer, mm. right? In terms of like the, the fact that Carragher's local lad, more determined, all that great determination enabled him to bridge that gap and the fact he's leader and all of that. But I think Mascherano was just so, was as a holding midfielder, was brilliant. And I think that, you know, the fact that he went to the, into that great Barcelona team after leaving Liverpool and he even ended up playing he's as a centre half. Yeah, he's yeah. versatile. Yeah, so I've gone for holding midfielder Javier Mascherano. You know, I, I love the fact that you, um, you've 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 mentioned yeah. him and you've put him in your team because um I used to love the guy. I used to think he was phenomenal. I used to feel so sorry for him because he was playing in a pretty weak team at the time. And he was, you know, he was he was sensational and he was always putting out performances for us and uh and and he didn't win much with us at, at the time, but I did think he was. A... I well, I you're right. You're right about he didn't win much, but I don't think he. I think he was playing in one of the strongest Liverpool sides ever. I think we were kind of talking about this before. That if you remember, he had Gerard Alonso Torres uh, with him, and like you know, they. That, I suppose the rest of it yeah. was pretty rubbish, but I think around him, you know, he had quite. There, there were some decent players in that team, and. Um, yeah, I think he did deserve to perhaps win a win a trophy. He was a bit hot headed, though. I remember him getting sent off at Old Trafford for just arguing with the referee for about yeah. half an hour, and uh, he, um, you know, he, he he could have, yeah, like like you said, he could have been different in oh eight oh nine. But um, I think that uh, yeah, he he sneaks in ahead of Jordan Henderson for me, who has done a fantastic job. Don't get me wrong, but for me, it's uh, I don't think Jordan, Jordan will. Stake his claim in a couple of seasons. He's still, he's still doing his thing. But we absolutely right. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to go for um, holding midfielder Roy Keane. Any questions? Right. No questions. No. There's no, no. questions whatsoever. And I, and I used to hate the guy. 
and I still do. Uh, but yeah, you know, something something about just you know the fact that he's completely no nonsense, and even now, like even when he's wrong, he's still no nonsense, and and he'll you know say stuff. And exactly. even though he's he rips he rips it out of Liverpool. I mean, when he when he said to Carragher just you know a few weeks back, he said, "Well, you you nearly won the league. You didn't actually win the league. You nearly won the league." And he calls it out and he says it like it is. And and I love him for it. I think he's a, uh, as a manager, uh, that's the kind of player that you want in your team. No nonsense, no messing around. He's there for the match. He's going to do everything he needs to do to win that game. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, and he's going to yeah. grab his teammates by the scruff of their necks and pull them along with him. Well, the performance against Juventus in the Champions League semi-final, um, again, strictly not obviously not, not Premier League, yeah. but that's that's a sign of the guy. He is. He didn't no no tears when he got the yellow card. No, he's going to miss the final. Didn't care about that. He went on won the game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, rookie. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think that, you know, for all the reasons you outlined, I think just he was the embodiment of Ferguson on the pitch. And he, you know, he's a lot better. As a footballer, he was actually quite good. Uh, It wasn't just about the determined, it wasn't about the tackling. He was actually, you know, able to keep the ball. He played it simply. He was able to, you know, one, two touch was good. Uh, If he had a bit more time on the ball, he could pick a decent pass. Um, so, so yeah, Roy Keane, that's fine. Well, then, now give me your your two so, your two ball players for Liverpool then. Two ball players for Liverpool. So, so this this one for me is look. I think for those that that know their football, know that the, this guy's the greatest midfielder to have ever pulled on the Liverpool shirt. Um, just his achievements in the game, in terms of what he's won, and. Um, you know the way that he's done it is is brilliant. I used to love watching this guy play in his prime. He was absolutely fantastic, and I, and I I did always used to say there always used to be the debate like um, you know who's better, skulls or you know or, you, you know the debate. And I would always go for this guy because um, you know I just thought that he had the lot. And that player is I knew you were going to say this. So. I knew you were going to say this. Now, you said it well, but I knew you were going to say this. So Alonso. <laughs> Hey, I, I, I mean, Alonso's Javi brilliant. Alonso. Don't get me wrong. Alonso's brilliant, but you didn't have to set me up like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, Javi Alonso is one of the best midfielders to have ever played in the Premier League. I think, you know the type of player in which he can put his foot on the ball, pass it five yards, pass it three yards, track back. This is, this is the kind of player that um, we always used to um, try and be when we were younger, right? Exactly. So, yeah, for me, Alonso was was just was brilliant. Um, yeah, I think uh, never gets a mention in like the all time leading Premier League centre midfielders, but I think he's there. You know, he's won the lot in terms of won the Champions League, won the World Cup. Uh, don't know whether he actually won the Champions League. I remember he was suspended for the final, but he must have won one being at Real Madrid. But you know, he's won the World Cup, won the European Championships. Um, he just like I remember watching him when he signed for Liverpool. I didn't know much about him before he came to Liverpool. I'd kind of seen him on Revista La Liga, but I just remember him just spraying that ball around. And I think, you know, I don't want to slag Steven Gerrard off too much, but I think the fact that, um, similar to what happened with Skulls for England as, as well, was that, um, you know, it's it sort of he got given the sort of central role, didn't he, yeah. in, in that team? Because he was with Mascherano in the centre and Gerard kind of played on the right or number yeah. 10. Um, and I just think that that's because like uh, Alonso had that discipline that Gerard didn't. And Gerard actually, in that interview I mentioned before um, uh, with Gary Neville, said that he felt that Rafa didn't trust him, didn't trust Steven Gerard to be in centre mid because of the lack of positional discipline. Yeah. And I think that Ger- Alonso, though, just used to picked that ball up and his range of passing was just amazing and he just used to you know pick the right pass great footballing intelligence and a great range of passing so yeah I've gone for so obviously we're doing three in midfield for Liverpool so it's you know Mascherano holding and and Alonso is one of the ball players um, do you want to finish off with your third ball playing midfielder before I go on to my the third one uh, is actually Stephen Gerrard so yeah so the reason I've gone for him is that, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious. I think that in this, though, I think that once you see the front three I've gone for, I think it will become a, a bit clearer because I think that Gerard had his best season for Liverpool for me that season that you uh, that United and Liverpool had the title race. I think it, he, he played as a number yep. 10 
a bit further forward, a bit freer of responsibility, sure. which I think is important with, with with Stephen Gerrard because you know his desire sometimes to see him, you know, maybe desert his positioning. Um, so yeah, Steve, Stephen Gerrard, obviously, look excellent. What what can you say about Stephen? That hasn't Gerrard? already been said before. Um, <laughs> Exactly. So I, I don't think it requires too much expansion and, you know, I wouldn't want to expand anyway. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, you know what? Just, just the fact that you put Steven him in your team Gerard. is enough for me. Um, okay. Nah, that's well, it, yeah. um, you know what? By, by the same token, um, Paul Scholes, he can play. He can play, okay. right? He can play. Yeah. Uh, he exactly. can actually play football. Um, and he, he can, really? yeah, he's, he's half decent, to be fair. He's actually, <laughs> okay. well, what do you want me to say? Paul Scholes is a sensational footballer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I yeah. think, and I think he used to go a little bit unnoticed um, in the early part of his career because he was this short, scrawny lad, ginger hair, go about his business, and you kind of just you just focus on the the quality coming in from the right side of midfield or your strikers, or you know, you had Giggsy on the left, Beckham on the right, and yeah. it was like, yeah, Scholes was just another cog in the wheel. Um, but then you actually look back on his career and you look back at the contributions he's made and the key goals he scored. And, you know, the way he used to strike the ball off the volley off a corner, you know, and he did that more than once. And some of his yeah. long range efforts, the, the way he played against, was it, was it, there's that YouTube clip going around about his performance against, is it Barcelona, where he literally just ran the show? It was a Champions League game. I don't know if it was Barcelona. It might have been Barcelona. But he's, right. yeah, he, I think, He's one of those players that kind of goes unnoticed, but ticks the game along. He, he manages the pace of the game. He he determines how you attack, yeah. when you attack. He decides when to slow it down. He was one of the few players that uh, used to play for United in that era. who used to turn away from attack and actually put bring in a, a full back and, and get it, and, you know, drop deep and get it back again. And um, and yeah. You know, I want to just going to mention uh, this guy doesn't make my team, but Dimitar Berbatov. Now, Berbatov, one of those silky players, but when he was doing his thing, he looked silky. And you never gave Skulls that credit, yeah. but Skulls used to do the same thing. Skulls used to just float around and keep the ball moving. And um, yeah. yeah, literally, he could he could just dominate the game from from uh, you know a 30, 30 square meter uh, square in the middle of the pitch. So absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I agree with you. Scalzi. I think that um, you know he, yes, yes, Scalzi was. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's interesting when you said he wasn't rated in the early part of his career. I also agree with that, but I also think there was a, yeah. a shift in consciousness in English football after Spain yeah. started winning things. So I think when Spain, I noticed that it always because the the Gerard uh, Lampard Scholes conversation always used to be Gerard or Lampard in the um, in the early. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely or right. Noughties and. It, and Scholes only came into it of late because I think he did kind of refine his role and improve as a player, uh, and, and especially when United started to, to win the title again, sort of towards the end of that, the noughties. But also, I think that we had different um, footballing outlook. Uh, we had a different footballing outlook uh, prior to Spain winning uh, the World Cup. So when we look, when Spain won the World Cup, we looked at, oh, who makes it possible for Spain and it was the players like Xavi, Iniesta and Alonso and then we just thought well who have we got that's like that and it's like oh god these guys actually idolised Paul Scholes growing up and uh, you know and whereas you know we didn't really realise what we had yeah. in our hands with him yeah I agree so, uh, so, so you're right I think he was rated a lot higher towards the end of his career but um, but yeah Keenan Scholes again you know treble winning partnership can't really can't really go wrong with that obviously um, Skulls and Carrick was a, a great partnership, and obviously Carrick's not in uh, Keen. Carrick's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's not in Keane's league in terms of. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see enough you know, of. Um, uh, uh, sorry, I was just going to say I didn't see effect. enough of uh, Brian Robson in his peak. Um, yeah, neither neither did I. But by account, like you know, he's up there with Roy Keane by all accounts, and yeah, you know, uh, again since since uh, Keno left. We, ne- you know, uh, Carrick was a different type of player, but you know, you- you'll never really have another Roy Keane. And since Scolzi left, you know, there's been no one in our centre yeah. midfield that's failed like some embarrassing snidings, like Schweinsteiger. Like although Schweinsteiger was a, 
a brilliant player in his day, like world-class in his prime. Uh, he was not a good signing for uh, United and obviously embarrassing signings like um, yeah, Morgan sure. Schneiderlin and, and like, you know, things like that. And obviously uh, as good as Pogba is, as good as yeah, he looks yeah. at times. You know, Pogba didn't even, yeah, Pogba didn't even feature in the thinking. Nobody really. Like, that's how far behind he is, the likes of Roy Keane and then Paul Scholes. Yeah. He didn't even feature in the thinking. <laughs> Okay, and I'm just gonna Great. I'm gonna take one more off because okay, um, so... you've had three midfielders. I'm gonna just take one more off the obvious one, uh, left midfield Ryan Giggs. Um, because yeah, yeah he's, fine. You, you don't know, need to go. Just, you don't need to. I mean, he dominated for long. He kept that position his own for so long. He's he's a he's a world class player, yeah. and uh, you know if he was if he was English, he would have made a a completely different um, yeah. outcome for the golden generation. Uh, which is a shame. Shame he didn't play for us. But yeah, I think it goes without exactly. saying. Exactly, like, is your your best left, best ever left winger. Yeah, yeah. So it's so actually gone. You just go complete the midfield. Um, I've completed. So right midfield. midfield this is where I think I've got the most problem. I've got the biggest problem at right midfield. Um, so I, you guys have had you right. know quality wingers, quality wide midfielders, um, uh, both wings, um, but. The right side of midfield. I mean, I remember yeah. Kanchelskis, early days, Manchester United. Um, you know, he was one of the yes. first. Yeah. In fact, they used to have a quota, didn't they? Of, of, I think they used to limit it to two foreign-born or three foreign-born players in the squad. Three foreign. Yeah, and uh, Kanchelskis yeah. was was the one that always used to get selected. And uh, those Kanchelskis and Schmeichel were the only ones that used to get selected. And, uh, and I used to love the way he used to play and he was brilliant. But I think since then, you've had a few handy ones as well. Um, and it's really, really difficult because to me, like, you know, David Beckham is phenomenal. I'm, I'm such a massive fan of David Beckham and, and it's almost embarrassing for me to say, um, yeah. but you can't look past five time Ballon d'Or winner, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so what do you do? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. What do you do? Um, what I'm tempted to do, and I think. It might even be cheating, but I'm tempted to put Ronaldo up top because Ronaldo's got to make your team, Cristiano Ronaldo. So I might okay. put him up top. But I, I, I really want David yeah, Beckham in your all-time Premier League eleven, just because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the free kicks he scored, the, the, his performance against Real Madrid, his, his, his wonder goal at the age of, was it 19, when he scored against Wimbledon when he came on the scene. The fact that, you know, he just completely changed the game yeah. for, for, you know, for dead ball set pieces. Um, the number of goals he gave to the likes of you know, uh, Van Nistelrooy and, and, you know, it's just, yeah, he's, exactly. he was so, so good. Um, I th- yeah, it'd be hard for me to look past, you got Christian Ronaldo there, but I'm going to put, you know what, I'm going to go David Beckham, wide right, that's, that's, that's done. Fine. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So it's basically the, um, yes, 98-99 trouble. Which, which you can't, field, yeah, you can't, can't argue with that, can you? Yeah, can't argue with that. No, you can't. Okay. You can't. So, on to the strikers. So, uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do, I'll name the three, then you name the two, or one by yeah, one? Yeah, go on. Probably, you you do the three, and I'll three, do then you name the two, because we're... Yeah. Okay, so, obviously, it's this is the toughest, because if you look through the years, like, obviously, the front three you've got at the minute, uh, Salah, Mane, and... Uh, so, I get the feeling that Firmino doesn't you know, feature in your thinking. And... Let's find out. Well, let's find out. Um, and then throughout the years, you've had Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez, Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler. You know, Dirk just Count. an absolute, um, just an embarrassment of Dirk, Dirk Count. Some, 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 some journalist said that the best player she ever saw live play, right, this is of all players, was Yari Litmanen for Liverpool. And I'm just like, I didn't even remember he played for them. It was just like I'd forgotten, but yeah, yeah Yari Litmanen as well. Um, you know, Emil Heskey. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, so just so many great strikers and embarrassment. And like, you know, obviously, look, two world class players coming to the youth system, uh, Fowler and Owen, is great. So I've gone for a front three. So I'll go on the left, if to go Moshala, one, yeah. with Salah, right? On the right, wow! I've gone for Mane. Okay, so I say wow, not because of Mane. 
I say wow because I, you've picked both Salah and Mane, which means you've left. You've basically only picked yeah. one historical striker. So, yeah, so I've left one. So you know, to basically, like you said, of all those players like yes. uh, Suarez, Torres, Owen, Fowler, like you know, three of them are not going to make it. So I've gone for Luis Suarez as the number nine. Um, obviously, look, it's fluid. Do you know what I mean? I think everyone can just interchange positions. Salah can, um, Salah can come in centre. Um, Suarez can go out onto the wing. But the reason I've gone for that is because um, I don't think Torres is, is versatile enough to play in that front three. And I, and I think that, you know, um, everyone else can interchange. So Mane can find himself in the number nine yes. position and on the wing. So, so can Salah, so can Suarez. Uh, Torres, as brilliant as he is, is only really a number nine. Though, you know, I, I did see him. He did used to sit on the wing and come inside. Yeah, he used to. He, he used to be quite interchangeable man. with Gerard, um, and Gerard used to come off the right, and Suarez. I sorry, Torres used to yeah. peel out. But you're right. It was. It was very. Yeah, it was very limited. Whereas Suarez is very fluid, isn't he? So, and, and the reason also is that I think that. If you talk about the all-time great Premier League seasons by an individual, so you're talking Henri 0304, Ronaldo 0708, I think that Mohamed Salah 2017-18 uh, and uh, Luis Suarez 2013-2014 mm. are two of the best seasons I've ever seen from an individual player. I know that Torres had a great 0708, but he didn't. He didn't win anything, um, or or like I don't know. I suppose Suarez didn't either. But it's like I said, I think that Salah, um, you know, is uh, you know won the Golden Boot, um, and he's you know won the Champions League with Liverpool, and I scored in the final. So I think that uh, yeah, Salah, Suarez, and, and Mane for me, and unfortunately, yeah, like um, if I ha- if I did have to make a change, it would probably be all right. Let's overlook Torres's lack of. Um, wing play and potentially put him and drop Mane but then again I do think that Mane this season has been your best player and you're going to win the league if this year yeah. if you know if we can conclude that yeah if we conclude it in a satisfactory manner so I think that um, yeah so it's Salah Suarez well, okay. so um, me. the player that um, I'm so the one player that I'm really disappointed didn't make your final 11 and would almost well, probably always make mine is is Robbie Fowler um, right, yeah, yeah. He is a brilliant finisher. He's one of the best fit. But him and Solskjaer and Van Nistelrooy, I think, are the three best finishers, out and out finishers I've ever seen in terms of yeah. like, in terms of percentage yeah, uh, yeah. G- conversion rate, in terms of the types of goals they scored. Like Fowler could literally get the ball in the uh, in the eighteen yard box and take a couple of touches. Hmm. Like sit the goalkeeper down. Oh, do you remember the, uh, do you remember the, first time, the two two, even two or three, where uh, United uh, Liverpool two two when Fowler scored both. Yeah, and like I remember yeah. coming up to that game and I was thinking, and you know this is what I was talking about Schmeichel. Like you never thought anybody would beat Schmeichel, um, and then Fowler scored two and one of them was a cheeky chip. Yeah, it's just he, he did it for fun. Um, he's he's such a a, a sensational finisher, yeah. like you say, and. You know, for, he's, it's not like he's lacking you know, in, in pace or anything. I mean, for, for Owen was quick and... Yeah, and, and there was... The, the, that that Those two goals he scored in that game at Old Trafford, one, he absolutely hammered it past Schmeichel at the near post, which you just couldn't um, envisage yeah. anyone doing to a keeper of that stature. And then the second one, he just absolutely out-muscled Gary Neville, who's quite a strong player. Yeah. And then chipped him, chipped Schmeichel. It's just like the only people we ever seen do that is Matt Letizier. So it was, you know, he had a, he had everything in terms of his his locker. But I, I think that he misses out because for me, because of like longevity, yeah, uh, and discipline. You know, he just wasn't. He didn't look after himself, uh, and he he, yeah. he he got booted out, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I prefer, uh, you know, between Owen and Fowler, I prefer Fowler just because personality and you know I think that Fowler was just a poacher more of a poacher more deadly but you know yeah so but yeah, I'm yeah that's, that's not a bad front three to be fair who are your um, okay um, yeah. over to me then uh, your two centre forwards now this is yeah. again similar to what you said about Liverpool um, you've had so many great 
uh, goal scorers, so many scorers of great goals. So many players have played for Man United that, you know, genuinely you can yeah. say they know where the goal is. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's vital as, to know where the goal is as a striker. I think if you don't know where the goal is, you're always going to struggle. Um, struggle. And one or two of them I've mentioned already uh, while talking about linking up with other players. But, I mean, I, I absolutely have to put in Cristiano Ronaldo into the team. And, and I've gone 4-4-2 and I think 4-4-2 makes sense. But okay. Also, Cristiano Ronaldo has played centre-forward for Real Madrid and for now for Juventus. So, um, you know, he's perfectly capable of playing there yeah. and, uh, you know, he's a sensational player that you just wouldn't yeah. Um And Cristiano Ronaldo, this is the thing about Cristiano Ronaldo, like, I know he was a, a tricky winger when he first came to United and then he became a tricky winger with an end product and a fantastic shot and then he started taking free kicks and then he just started, you know, coming off the bench and winning games in like 20 minutes. It was... He was just, yeah. he, he really developed at Man United. Yeah. I'm not going to take that away from, you know, what United did for Cristiano Ronaldo, because I think a lot of people yeah. forget that. And he went to Real as a proven player. He wasn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't go to Real and then become a player. He was a proven player when he went. Um, but I think, yeah, he can, he he can get away from his man. He's very, very adept at that. His, you know, his, his heading ability is second to none. If you've got somebody like David Beckham on the right-hand side, I think, Cristiano Ronaldo would just score goals for fun. Yeah, him. That yeah. would be a great partnership. Him and Dahoud. It just on his nugget. On, on his, on his yeah. nugget. Uh, so Ronaldo to, to home, yeah. is my first choice. Yeah. And then the other one. I mean, who do you go for? Like, who do you go for? You got uh, Dwight York, who I l- used to love as a player until he signed for United. I used to love him at Villa. Um, Andy yeah. Cole, I used to you know absolutely love him before he signed for. Um, United as well. Uh, yeah. Nisoy, Van Persie, you've had some, you know, Berbatov I mentioned earlier. Uh, Eric Cantona, King Cantona, you've had as a centre forward. And, uh, you know, yeah. you just had so, so many strikers over the years. Um, and, uh, yeah, t- to be honest, I'm thinking off the top of my head right now. I'm just thinking, I mean, Wayne Rooney, you know, <laughs> scored more goals for you than anybody else, Wayne Rooney. And uh, yeah. he was almost an afterthought. Tevez, is an operational player. Um, so, yeah. have I yeah. missed anyone? It's going to be one of those, right? Welbeck. Yeah, Welbeck. You know, Welbeck. <laughs> that guy, that guy, Welbeck. Um, <laughs> no, Welbeck's not going to make it. I think. Um, that guy. You know what? It's 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 got to be. It's got to know. It's a tricky one. Help me out. Who who would you really want then? I'll pick somebody else. Well, well, it it it's you know, look, it, if you've gone Ronaldo up front, just with the go pace, Rooney, I would say, um, but yeah, I think that you know they 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 linked up very well. So I think that yeah, if it, if you've gone for Ronaldo up front, Rooney, I personally would have put Canton Ronaldo Rooney. on the right, and then up front, I'd have gone for um, Re- potentially Cantona yeah. Rooney. Yeah, See, I'm, I'm a massive Roy. massive fan um, of. Sorry. Or you could go for Rooney or Tevez. You could go for Rooney and Tevez with Ronaldo on the right, but you've gone for Beckham on the right, which is fine. Ronaldo, that would be a great thing. So, I, so I think either you know Cantona. Yeah. So the thing well about Cantona is Cantona um, feeding Ronaldo. He, he's the or only footballer to maybe. Yeah. He scored that late goal in the FA Cup. I think was it ninety-five <laughs> or ninety-six? Ninety-six. Yeah, when he hit that volley, that just ninety-six. Hit, yeah, against Liverpool. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, um, I think I'm going to go for Rooney uh, because yeah. but Cantona was a sensational player. So, so there okay. you have it. Um, <laughs> there's my there's my four four two. I've got Schmeichel, Neville and Erwin uh, with Rio and Vidic at the back. Uh, Keane, Scalzi, Giggs on the left, Beckham on the right, Ronaldo and Rooney up top. And. Yeah, you can't argue it. with that, to be honest with you. And obviously, just to recap my team, I've gone for Alisson in net, Rob Jones at right-back, Robertson at left-back, Virgil van Dijk and Jamie Carragher, centre-halves, midfield of Mascherano, Alonso and Gerrard, up front, Mohamed Salah, Luis Suarez and Sadio so, Mane. Probably for the show. Um, it's been great. Who wins when those two teams... Well, I think that is another show discussion, to be honest with you. Uh, 
uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to discuss that another time. But I would always say United. To be honest with you, and I'm sure you go for Liverpool. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, all the yeah. listeners. Yeah, absolutely. let's leave it open to the viewers. So anyone who's watching this or listening to it, oh, is Boris comment, online now? Think, oh, Boris looks serious. He, he looks very serious. Okay, well let's so, let's let's go. Yeah, he's on live. So thank you so much uh, for listening, guys. Thank you so much to Bedan from Football in Five Minutes. Right. Uh, thank you for listening to yep. Slam Sports here on Slam Radio. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think of our yep. choices. And uh, we'll do another show for you soon. Uh, Bedan. Cheers. Bye bye.